At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Championship weekend here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. And with Bella at the head of the sled, we had Michael Lombardi leaving the <laughs> yeah. house today. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> you, you had your sled and you had Bella at the tip as you got yeah, to the no, office, Bella man. Went. No, no, Bella wasn't doing anything. She wasn't going to leave the house. It was too nice. I mean, she might run around the yard, but there was no one, nobody helping me get here. But I'm here, Patrick, and it's good to be here on a championship weekend, the final four of the NFL. You know, Lamar Hunt used to always argue that this weekend should have been a second extension of the Super Bowl, and I couldn't agree more with them. I mean, last night, without a football game on, it was somewhat depressing, and I think that there should be – you know, I know it's important to have home field advantage and all that, but I think this this weekend could be bigger in the NFL than we make it. And Lamar Hunt wanted to. He wanted to have championship weekend in a city like New Orleans or a city like Los Angeles or Tampa, somewhere where you bring, you know, four teams together, play a game on Saturday, play a game on Sunday, and have all the fans come down there for a weekend and make it like the final four in basketball. I think it would have been awesome. And people say, well, you give up home field advantage. Well, you really don't. I mean, the team that controls it would get most of the, most of the tickets. I mean, do you really think the Rams have home field advantage this weekend? <laughs> not if you ask Sean McVay, who is begging yeah. Rams fans not to sell their tickets on the secondary market to 49er fans. So you'd like to split it up. You want to get us a game on Saturday and a game on Sunday. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be just like championship weekend. You know, I think you get a Saturday night game, you know, with incredible ratings, especially, you know, we had the snow in the east. What are people going to do anyway? And then, you know, you have a Sunday night game and it's kind of per- I mean, this is not my idea. This is Lamar Hunt. He argued for it. It was his vision. And it would help these cities that have a hard time getting these Super Bowls, you know, to give them an audition to see if, you know, if Houston could, you know, they've had a Super Bowl before, but Houston have a championship weekend or, you know, Seattle have a championship weekend. It doesn't necessarily have to be in warm weather, but I think it would be ideal. And I do know that as as a football purist, I like the weather playing an element in this. I really do. But I also like the fact that having a Final Four weekend would be really kind of neat. Now that we've made it to Sunday, I think we can all agree. Happy to have two games today. And yeah. the games mm-hmm. today, Michael, Cincinnati, Kansas City, sitting seven. Actually, circuit just went to 110 on the juice. So 
it's, it's interesting. We saw the seven and a half pop up with you and I on Friday, disappeared yesterday, and it's sitting seven. We'll get into that in just a bit. San Francisco, Los Angeles, that hook hasn't left, okay? We're headed to three, but we haven't gotten there. So the Rams laying that three and a half, that's the same number a couple of weeks ago in week 18 with the Rams laying it when San Francisco won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that this is, I think once it goes to three, you'll see a lot of Ram money come in. It'll go back up to three and a half and it stays at three and a half. I think the 49er money's there. And it's the same thing with the Cincinnati, Kansas City. I mean, these half points matter, especially I think in the Kansas City game, which I think Kansas City should be the team that wins the game and dominates the game. But you're always worried about Kansas City backdoor covering getting backdoor covered. And if you're up 14 and you have seven, you know, you're going to push this. Or if you're up 13 and they get a seven, you're going to lose, right? And so where if you have that seven and a half, I mean, you've got a chance to really, you know, to me, it gives you at Cincinnati, it gives you a chance to, to cover that number. And I think it's really worthwhile. Michael, as we set the table for Championship Sunday here on the Lombardi line, of course, we've got the two games today, but it's not just the Nor'easter you're dealing with that's casting a shadow over the weekend. The GOAT is casting a shadow over the weekend mm. as well. Will he or won't he? That is the question. I know you joined uh, the boys yesterday to talk about Tom Brady. So as soon as you and I got off the air, there was some tweeting going on that Tom Brady was going to call it a career. And then his peeps went ahead and did some cleanup and said, nah, he hasn't decided yet. Let's pick it up there as Tom Brady, obviously the GOAT, uh, looks like he should be stepping away or will be stepping away, but we don't have a final answer. Yeah, I think this was a premature announcement. I think this somewhere there is a there's a hole in the mechanism of, of the Tom Brady uh, camp. And, and somebody leaked it to the, the Schefter and Jeff Darlington, and that went out. I mean, typically what usually happens is Don Yee, the agent for Tom Brady, would have a conversation with, say, Adam Schefter and say, look, I think he's leaning that way. Please don't put it out there. He wants to be able to. And usually, you know, the, the, the clubs are pretty respectful. The, the, the insiders are pretty respectful for that. So Darlington being in, – it's interesting he's in this, but Darlington's been really involved in the Brady camp, and he's had information on the Brady camp going back to when he went to Tampa. So he's got a source inside there. And so does Schefter. I just can't imagine that Brady – I mean, I don't think the report's false, but I can't imagine that Brady didn't want to do it in his own style, in his own manner, which he's entitled to do. And so now they back off of it, and he's got this roster bonus on February 4th, which is a payment of the signing bonus that I'm sure he's not going to make any announcement until after that is paid in full. And, you know, this is kind of how we just get ahead of the curve. And so when he does retire, say, February the 10th, ESPN can claim the worldwide leader. Well, we were right all along, you know, and, and who really knows, you know. But I think he's been adamant about I haven't made up my mind yet, even though I don't doubt the report. I really don't. Yeah, as you just mentioned, ESPN, NFL Network, they're all standing by their reporting. But as you know, and this isn't a knock on him, he likes the pomp and circumstance. He likes the yeah. to release the videos. He likes to do things in his own way and uh, to make it a bigger kind of a grandeur. And I think that's probably what he's looking at. He said, I wanted to do this myself on my own terms. Yeah, no doubt. And I think this is really, there's something going on. But I do know this. They wouldn't be releasing this, and they wouldn't be standing by if they didn't get this from somebody really, really close to Tom. Somebody really, really close to Tom. And, you know, obviously, they're, you know, I mean, we've been talking about it. I mean, I've said this for a while now since this conversation has come up. He signed a two-year contract originally. 
And that contract was probably part of a bigger picture. Hey, if you want to keep playing, how about just two more years? I'm talking about his family's discussions. And I think that's what happened. I mean, even though they extended the contract after last year when they won the Super Bowl, that still wasn't. You know, that wasn't a, that was for for salary cap purposes, not for, hey, he wants to keep playing. As somebody that knows uh, Tom very well, do you have listen, I, I mentioned it's the goat shadow. He is the greatest of all time. Seven rings, three MVPs. Do you have feelings? It, it, does, it, does it make you feel something if he were to step away? You know, I, the only feeling I have is a, is a sincere appreciation. Appreciation on a lot of levels, right? Appreciation as, as a true football fan to be able to watch him. To watch him go from seventh-string quarterback at Michigan to thinking he was going to get picked in the second round, third round, even though he's team captain, let a comeback in the Sugar Bowl, won the Citrus Bowl, defied all the odds at Michigan, kind of has gone through the same thing that a lot of people go through. That pitcher at the Combine has haunted him in terms of athletically. And people forget that Tom was drafted in the 18th round by the Montreal Expos as a power-hitting left-handed catcher. So, you know, he brought some skills with him. He wasn't just the, this overachiever that kind of, you know, uh, 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 you know, went through all the odds. So, I mean, to, as a fan, that's the appreciation. As an executive and a personnel guy, to watch him change his career, change his style, starting out as really a, you know, a, I don't want to call him a game manager, that's not fair, but kind of the defense carried the Patriots teams early. And then when 07 came around and Randy Moss showed up, all of a sudden they changed their offense and he carried them. And then he carried them all the way through. Uh, and then being able to watch him as a teammate, being on the same team with him, you know, was truly an honor and truly something that's special in my career. To be able to watch Joe Montana as a young man and then watch Tom Brady as, you know, as a 20-plus year executive in the league, to me is really there's only one, two words, thank you. You know, I just genuinely appreciate all, all facets of it. And as a betting network, we can thank Tom Brady as well. He's been very profitable. He was 184, 123, and 9 in the regular yeah. season. That's close to 60% ATS. So he's cashed and made the better a ton of money. Just straight up, 243 and 73, 35 and 12 straight up in the postseason. He's clipping over 54% in the postseason. And in 01, when the Pats won it all, I'm sure you remember, they were 60 to 1 preseason to win it all that year. So this is, uh, this yeah. is, this is a mean, storied career look, in a multitude he, of ways. You know, and I, it's funny, on Friday I was writing about what would happen in, for my book, what would happen if Tom Brady didn't go to the Patriots? And, you know, the chapter of the book is What If? You know, what if John Elway would have, if Al Davis would have been able to make that trade for John Elway? What if, you know, Tom Brady doesn't get drafted? What if Peyton Manning goes to the Jets? So, so that kind of thing. And when I was writing it, you know, the, the more I wrote about it and studied the first year he was there and how he told Robert Kraft that, you know, this is be the greatest pick you've ever made in your life and how he was, you know, that, that first year as a rookie, Belichick kept four quarterbacks on the team. You know, and then because he saw so much in him. And then, you know, my conversations with Bill as I was at the Raiders and he, Bill was the head coach of the Patriots was very, very 
positive, which Bills typically never are positive, about how he had this young quarterback that he found, you know, late in the draft, thanks to Dick Rabine, the, the former uh, quarterback coach who passed away in August of, of the 2001 season. So, you know, it just kind of all the worlds came together. And, and which is so ironic is that Mo Lewis, a guy we weren't allowed to draft in Cleveland, who we loved, is the reason why, you know, he got this opportunity. Because when Mo Lewis knocked out Drew Bledsoe, everybody thought it was a concussion initially. And then he had some internal bleeding and had to go to the hospital. And, and that blood clot is a reason why he was able, Brady was able to take over, score 44 points the next week against Indianapolis, and boom, the rest is history. In 40 seconds, what was the quality or trait that Belichick relayed to you that stood out about Brady as a youngster? The, his, his ability to retain and compete be able to take what he learned from the, from, the, from the classroom and apply it to the field. I'd say he did it pretty well. Great. I mean, you know, they all believe practice execution becomes game reality. He did that really well. Well, if it is the end, we bid adieu to the GOAT, the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about that. Seven rings, three MVPs, and a storied career. We're just getting started. We'll set you up on the trends today. The two games are fascinating. We're going to take a look at the numbers here as we get back here. Lombardi yeah. Line, presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the big game's right around the corner. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options. You can go in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with that state-issued ID. Open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology. You got fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. Physically located in Nevada. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we got you back here. It's a perfect day for two football games. I would imagine they're on the coast and the east as they continue to be under a deluge of weather. Michael Lombardi at his office there. I'm Patrick Maher here live from the studios of the Visa and South Point uh, Casino and Spot. Now, the number, as you mentioned, if it jumps to seven and a half in Kansas City, it's going to get gobbled up, and that's why we're sitting mm -hmm. seven. And as you take a look, Michael, 
we're actually seeing now a, a, a book offshore did just go to seven and a half, but it's juiced headed back to seven. We're seeing some of that juice head back to more standard vigorous of 110. I'm surprised by this movement. I'll get into some of the trends and some of the numbers, but I'm just surprised that it's stuck at seven here. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is the respect for the Bengals. They've been resilient. Let's face it. I mean, the Bengals have been, you know, able to find a way to win two games come playoff time that, you know, I mean, there could have easily gone the other way. I mean, the the Niner game, the the Raider game, particularly. You know, the Raiders have first and goal at the nine, spike the ball, then throw it short of the goal line. Had ample opportunity to come back in that game, and then you know, last week Tennessee, in spite of the three interceptions and the loss of downs, you know, they win by three. They have been resilient. This to me, how long does that glass slipper stay on the foot for Cinderella? I, I just don't see it. You know, I think at some point. You know, Prince, the right tackle, Span, the left guard, Williams, the left tackle. They have to play at a high level. And I know that Chase is tremendous, and I know their skilled players are wonderful, but at some point you got to block. Yeah. And unless you can get an arrangement from the defense to count the five Mississippi, which I don't think the Chiefs are going to comply with, uh, then it's going to be a hard game. And I think it's really hard to protect the football when you're under constant pressure from Clark, from Jones, from Reed, from all these rushers. So, Michael, a couple of stats for you. First off, the Bengals, 6-0 and ATS their last six, 5-1 and straight up their last six games. So they've been on fire. But also the Chiefs. The Chiefs, 8-2 and ATS their last 10, 6-0 and ATS their last six at home. It's funny how this is flipped, right? The narrative about the Chiefs. We talked about them winning but not covering while they're back. And Mahomes is just, he's been awesome at home, 7-1 straight up, 6-2 and ATS in the postseason. The one player to beat Mahomes straight up in Kansas City in the postseason, Tom Brady. You remember. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So this is, uh, this is a guy that plays well, obviously, at home there at Arrowhead. Yeah. I mean, and this is going to be the dynamic, right? So everybody looks at the last game, you know, that was played in Paul Brown Stadium and, you know, thinks, okay, they won by three. And, and I think that was a tremendous win, and they needed that win. They clinched the north, you know, and they were able to, to really control the game in the second half. They only allowed three points to Bengals' defense. But this is kind of a different situation, especially Championship Sunday, Arrowhead Stadium, as loud as you can get. The communication is going to be challenging, which is going to put a lot of pressure on the offensive line, which can't really handle pressure. We saw it in Tennessee. As Mike Palm said yesterday, yeah, they're recording nine sacks, but there were really 11. One time the play clock ran out, and another time it was, you know, they didn't hear the, they didn't hear the timeout. So th- this was, and every time they moved the ball into field goal range, you know, Burrow took a sack that almost not, that knocked him out because of the pressure, and they didn't handle the scheme. If Spagnuolo just doesn't try to overdo this, if Spagnuolo just goes in there and doubles chase and takes his chances and pressures, whether it's zone pressures, man pressures, a little bit of both, I think it's going to be hard for this offense to put together, you know, 10-play drives and do that. I think that's really where, where it becomes an issue. You know, when they played the last time, Patrick, when they played in, in Cincinnati, they had three three double-digit drives. They had an 11-play drive that got a field goal. They had a 10-play drive that they had a punt on. And then the final drive of the game, much to the help of, of Ron Tolbert, they had a 15-play drive that gave them the field goal. I mean, their touchdown drives went 8-3-9-2. 8 That's typically what they have to do. They want to make a big play. And if you take away the big play, can they string together enough good plays? I don't see it. I really don't. 
to your now, point. I, I will say this. Please. I just got a video from my grandson that he is, you know, he's all in on, on, on he's all in in his pajamas. He's all in on, on, on the Bengals. He's calling them the win. And he's been on a roll this way. I can't deny his, his talents in terms of picking these games, Dominic. You know, so I, I can't ignore that, but I'm having a hard time seeing it. Wait, okay. So just to be clear, because I've got a bunch of stats and trends, but the most important thing just happened. You're telling me Dominic likes the Bengals plus, yeah. or maybe he's a money line guy today. <laughs> no, I think I don't think he does. I mean, look, there's a lot of Bengal love out there. It's just not coming from him. I think that the seven is a strong number. It's a touchdown. I think there's still a the sense that Kansas City's not a great cover team and they'll let up, you know, and there's this whole notion that Kansas City is having a afterflow of, you know, the, of basically they're going to start this game slowly, maybe like they did against Houston when they got behind 21 to nothing. But, you know, I mean, look, they did a great job in the second half. I mean, really, in the second half of the first time they played them, they only had the, – the Chiefs only had 23 plays. They only had 23 plays. That's pretty remarkable. Well, if to Dominic's point, I think a lot of it has to do with that combination of Burrow and Chase, obviously. And that yep. was, you know, it's interesting to your point, Michael, week 17 was a rematch of the early game. Week 18 was a rematch of today's later game. So we just saw right. these matchups and the Jamar Chase game was week 17. But Burrow, who's been and let's talk about the sacks, but he's 11 and four ATS in his career against teams above 500. It's no surprise this kid steps up in a big game. He does. And, you know, the thing that's remarkable is how tough he is. His eye level never comes down. As we said earlier in the week, what I don't think people truly understand is during his 93 game, during his career so far, I, I think, you know, he's been sacked 94 times, whereas David Carr was sacked 93 this is times during his first two years. You know, think about this, right? So during exactly the same time span in terms of the amount of games – Carr was sacked 93 times. This guy's been sacked 94. Carr melted. Carr couldn't really recover from it. And who could, really? In all honesty, who could? Your eye level comes down. You're getting constantly hit. And yet this kid is really, really amazing in terms of his ability to stay tough and keep his eye level down. And I will say this. I don't care the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, Joe Montana, you know, all of them. Aaron Rodgers, you name them all, Brett Favre, all of them. Eye level does come down when they get hit. It just is. Ha it just happens. It just is part of the. Per look, when Kurt Warner went from the went from the Rams and he became a free agent, there was a lot of reluctance, but to people to sign him, and he went to the Giants and was not very good at the Giants. It was hard. His eye level was way down. He had been hit way too much. And then he signed a very mediocre contract with the Cardinals and kind of got his eye level back up a little bit. And then he started to have more success. He had the Kurt Warner success that he was experiencing at the Rams. This is what's remarkable about Burrow. For all the hits he's taken, he still maintains that, that ability to throw the ball down the field. And the Bengals' uncharted territory, not just for Burrow, but what, they haven't been here since 88. Wasn't 88 the Silverdome? Remember, there was a blizzard, that 88 Super Bowl, Cincinnati, San Francisco, at the Silverdome, I no, believe. No, that, that was 81. That was 81. That, much that was the first Super Bowl that they ever won. And there was, was a blizzard. Remember the blizzard there in Detroit? Yeah. They didn't know if they and were the going to be able to get an out. 
49ers couldn't get their bus they could, there. They, couldn't they were get, having a hard time. They, they couldn't get there. But this has been, I mean, a long time for the Bengals. And when we were talking earlier, when Brady in 01 and the Patriots won it at 60-1, how about preseason odds on the Bengals, Michael? There were only two teams with longer odds, the Lions and the Texans, to win the Super Bowl preseason. 150-1 to one on the Bengals at a couple of shops preseason to win it. That was tied with the Jets. This leads me to my point about what you've been saying. It's not that you don't respect this team, but don't necessarily put them in the same class as the other three today. I, I really don't. I don't see how they're, I mean, and, and I give Burrow tremendous credit and Chase has been sensational. And, you know, and for me, I would have taken the tackle Sewell easily uh, only because I believe big, you have to fix the lines and, 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 you know, and Chase has proven me wrong with his incredible play. But if this quarterback is going to continue to get hit at this rapid race, I don't know how he can do it, you know, but their skill is really good. I mean, even Perrine that comes in as a nickelback, I mean, Mixon's a hard guy to tackle. The tight end uh, is, is really good. Even their backup, Semple, who they picked in the second round in 19, is really good. So, you know, for me, they've got the skill. They can, if it's a seven-on-seven seven game, they're going to be really good, and the quarterback makes it all go. How good are they on defense, though, Patrick? Do we think they're going to be able to hold up? You know, they're going to have to play zone. They don't really have anybody who's going to cover the receivers. They're going to have to play a lot of zone. Now, this is not necessarily rote, but in the betting community, this is a stat that's been running around forever, but the straight-up winner in the playoffs has also covered in 14 consecutive games, so the points yeah. shouldn't scare you. Since 18, the winners 45-0 and 0 straight up, 40-5 and 5 ATS. That is... That's, yeah, it, that's it, what I'm banking on. That's what that's, you're banking that, on. I think that's true. I think, I think there is a separation and elite wins in this thing. Just getting started. We're breaking down the these games here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I think we might have that Dom video as well. On VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, first bet, Express Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. And when you do, use the bonus code Vegas1000. Okay. By the way, motivation as far as revenge should be equal for all four teams. As Stephen Bond notes, all four last time out in the Super Bowl, loss which is actually yep. quite interesting if you think about it with San Francisco, Kansas City, Cincinnati back in the day. I mean, these are all four are coming off a Super Bowl loss, Michael, um, as we get you back. Now, we were talking about the brilliance. Hey, before we go, yeah. before we go to there, I mean, uh, give me, uh, I mean, you, you called it yesterday, I thought, with the Pegasus World Cup. I mean, we, we uh, you know, we, we were going over it, and, and life is good was good, huh? Oh, my goodness. I, to, to say life is good, so life is good as a four-year-old, that won the Pegasus, the $3 million yesterday. And you saw Nick's go came in second. So Nick's yeah. go had put together a hall of fame career up until that point, retiring after the race yesterday, a six year old. So life is good. Life is good is trained by Todd Pletcher, who, you know, who's already in, he's a hall of famer. He's one of the great trainers of all time. After the race, he said, life is good is as good as any horse he's ever trained. And he's trained wow. hall of fame horses, plural, 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 one, 10 times over. So my point is they're going to keep running. Life is good. So I just can't see or foresee a horse beating. Like he did it with ease yesterday. And Nixco didn't break well, but Nixco was not catching this horse yesterday. And Ashley Maylu, who joined us on yeah. the show, Michael, she picked on top. Life is good, so got to give her credit there as well. 
You know, and I thought that was interesting in which she said she was going into it with Nick's go as the favorite and she was watching those videos online on Twitter or, or Snapchat, whatever the heck they, she was watching them. <laughs> she was watching the workouts and she said that life is good. It was incredible in those workouts. So hats off to Ashley. Yeah, I, a wonderful horse. I can't see that horse getting beat. And, and you pray for just the horse's safety. Uh, but moving forward, beating Nick's go, Nick's go was coming into that about as good as you could be. So the the Burrow conversation, I got a clip for you from Burrow. Yeah. Okay. We, nine sacks the last time out, nine sacks in week 17 against, and in, in as Palm said, it could have been 11 sacks. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I, the stat you brought up about Derek Carr, we've put together this narrative now for, what, 15 years that Carr, that one season ruined Carr. David Carr, mm-hmm. I should say, pardon me. Yep. And it's only made Burrow tougher. And, by the way, he had a debilitating injury along the way. Here's Joe Burrow talking about this. Near perfect. I think, you know, every week of the playoffs have has proven that, you know, it goes through Kansas City and, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been near perfect for four years, however many years he's been starting. So, you know, that's, that's what it's going to take for, for me. You know, it's not just a quarterback-driven game. You know, it's a team game, but, you know, I think wins and losses usually come down to how each quarterback plays. Nobody's nobody would ever be compared to Brady, but as far as just metal and fortitude and what you got on the inside, there's something going on with yeah. this kid. Well, I mean, look, he's he's done it. I mean, look, he's a three-star recruit coming out of Ohio, you know. And as Amal said, he wanted to go to Ohio State. He did. Uh, Urban really was took him because he was Mr. Ohio, and. And he also took Haskins, and he really never gave this kid an opportunity to compete. The narrative will change, but the reality of what happened there, by I was told by people there, that the reason he transferred was because he never got a chance. I mean, he literally was a guy that he was not even wearing a red shirt at one of the scrimmages, and they were hitting him. And his mother went over to the coaches and were like, why is my son getting hit in this game And when, when usually you protect the quarterbacks? And I don't think they really thought he was ever going to be this level of player. And he transferred. He would have gone to Tennessee uh, with Greg Ciano, but they ran Ciano out of Tennessee before he even got started on social media. And then he ended up going to LSU. So, you know, I, I think that this kid has got unique He's got Brady-like toughness. I mean, that's what he has. And I think we see it in the 28 starts. You know, he's been sacked more than, than David Carr. And David Carr, for whatever reason, never overcame it. I mean, they never overcame the sacks, and they never could fix the line. And he got gun And gun-shy may not be the right word, but he got the ball out of his hand really quickly. Right. This kid hangs on to the ball. And it's, yeah, your great point about the eye level never changes. <laughs> That's nope. innate. That is innate. There's something in us as humans that have this, and he, he innately is not bothered. No, but eventually it will. I mean, eventually you're going to start to get it, and he's going to start to flinch. But he didn't flinch against Tennessee. As many times as they hit him, he didn't flinch, which is remarkable, you know. And sometimes it was, you know, he squeezed the protection out one time, brought the and they brought the slot corner, you know, like how are we blocking him? And no one was, no one was throwing hot off of it. Like it isn't just all on him; it's also some of the protection issues that was being attacked by the Tennessee. Tennessee really had a good handle on how to attack the protections. They really did, and and that wasn't just it wasn't just Spain couldn't block Simmons, which that was true, too, right? I mean, that was also. And neither could the right guard block him. However, that being said, there was also, there was three levels. This was all, this two levels. This was a scheme problem and a talent problem. 
And I just think, to me, in Kansas City, those two elements are going to show up. Brendan Daly, the defensive line coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, is really good. I mean, one of the things you should, one of the things great defensive coordinators do all week long is understand the protections. This is what separates college from pro, right? College protections are very generic. It's very easy. Pro protections are extremely difficult. And the good defensive coordinators don't just blitz to blitz. They blitz to attack the protection. They know what the protection is based on what they feel, based on what they've studied. And when they can beat the protection with a certain blitz, they're trying to get home free. And against the Bengals, that has been something easier to do, which relates to their whole scheme. If you're concerned about laying the seven today with Kansas City, in those six straight covers at home, and Dominic, plug your ears, the Kansas City Chiefs have covered six straight at home by an average ATS margin of 11.7. So the seven, and with the stat I gave you earlier with this wild ATS and straight up um, spurt that's been going on in the postseason, you know, I, the numbers say you shouldn't be concerned. By the way, the total, which you nailed on last week, seven straight overs back to early December for the Chiefs, and they're going over by an average of 11 and a half as well. So they've been, the, the, the points have been a plenty, and they've been giving them up as well, even though the defense has gotten better. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, I think part of this is to, you know, we talk a lot about game management, but I think if you are Zach Taylor, You've got to be able to manage this game because this chief offense, you're going, you're not, you don't want to get in a track meet. And I think if you've learned anything from the first game is by if we can control this ball for a long time and limit the amount of possessions we give Mahomes, that's the best defense we can play in this game. And I think we saw Buffalo do it. They saw themselves do it in week 17. That's going to slow the pace of the game down, which should slow the game to an under element as a betters. And I think that's what we're going to see. If, if Cincinnati doesn't do that, and I think you got to really, these games are so important for in-game betting. Have your app available because when you can see it, you know, well, last week against Buffalo, you know, the first quarter was over and both teams scored. You know, it was a, that, you could just see both teams were trying to pace the game. And it wasn't until the two-point play that it clicked over, and I was on the over. And I wasn't sure it was going to click over because they were pacing the game. And then once they did that, they took the gloves off and said, okay, let's just make this a brawl. I don't see that happening today. I don't see that happening today. I think this is going to be if Cincinnati can stay in this game, they have to pace the game. They've got to work that play clock all the way down constantly because every second is going to be valuable. Michael, a four-point move on the toilet. You don't generally see four-point moves. So open 50-and-a-half, it's been bet up to 54-and-a-half. That's significant, right? And No it, doubt, because the last game was 65. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, and, and my point is I don't think the books ever make that much of a mistake. I mean, they usually don't make that mistake. They're usually within within one to two points. No, you're and right. That's is, been driven up by the market. They're, they're they were un, they were completely unbothered. Fifty and a half was the number they posted, even after yep. all the points. So your your right. point is well taken. Here's Patrick Mahomes talking about in game. You have to diagnose stuff before the snap, and then you have to be able to adjust to it after the snap. And uh, that pre and post snap uh, adjustments, and I think it helps out to have guys like Tyreek and Travis that uh, recognize coverages. Uh, on the run and able to adjust their routes. Um, but I think Coach Reed does a great job of having answers versus every single 
every on every single play for every single coverage. It's about me recognizing the coverage, getting the ball in my hand, and getting it to those guys at the right time. So uh, we definitely have audibles and and different different things we change to before the snap. Um, but at the same time, we like to be able to adjust on the fly and post snap as well. That guy's going to his third Super Bowl in home playoff games. He has 23 touchdowns, one pick. Is that good? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, he's not, I mean, the fact that he played against the defense before also is helpful, right? So he's comfortable with it, and, he know, and he's going to know how they want to play him. They don't have a pure man-to-man cover. I mean, Mike Hilton's not going to be able to take a guy out of the game. I mean, they've got a double hill, and they've got to be able to have a good matchup on Kelsey and then take their chances on everybody else. Again, Mahomes 7-1 and one straight up, 6-2 and two ATS at home in the, in the postseason, and the one loss to the GOAT, Tom Brady. Just keep it in mind as we continue. Wow, great breakdown on the Bengals Chiefs. We continue with Will Hill next here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the last pro football round before the big game. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either game today. If any team scores a touchdown, regardless of your bet's outcome, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. You have to use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Again, for this is for new users there at BetMGM. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. So download the app or go to BetMGM.com. That code, bonus code, VSIN200, VSIN200. 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have an issue. Got to be 21 years or older. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in a cold New Jersey. We're getting by, and football is on the way. I, it, it did feel like we were joking the other on Friday, I believe. It felt like we were weeks away from Sunday because we didn't have those Saturday games. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, 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 as I predicted, I got a text from the next our next guest, Will Hill, about how, how it's so hard with Saturday, not having Saturday games. That'll lead into the next text of hate having to wait two weeks for the Super Bowl, which will lead into the next text where he'll then send me how many days till the first preseason game, which will lead into the next text, which tells me how he hates preseason game, which leads into the next text of he can't wait to the start. You know, it just goes on and on. Well, let's it's bring him in and let's, let's let him defend yeah. himself and or yeah, corrob- corroborate that, that series of text messages, which I'm sure are you're, you're spot on. That's Will Hill, New York City cast. You have a response there? 
Consistency is important in life, Michael. Consistency is important. I, I, there's no doubt you are so consistent and predictable. And predictable. <laughs> well, predictive and predictability is good in sports wagering. So let's get into some predictions. And I, you've got two props and then a, a team total we're going we're gonna to talk about. But before we do, let's take a step back. Are you surprised we haven't gone to seven and a half and then maybe surprised we haven't gone to three in the late game? No, the first one, uh, I'm not surprised. I think it's seven and a half. I would play Cincy seven more of a pass. I, I make it right around seven. I think six and a half. You bet Kansas city. I think you, know, you have to worry about the back door uh, in that one. The other one, I'm really shocked three and a half. Uh, there's some threes for the first half, which uh, to me, that's disproportionate. Usually, you know, the Usually you cut it in half. Baby. Yeah, you're right. Cut it right. Yes. Yep. With the baby. I don't get the three. I, I don't agree. get the three and a half for the full game. If you, if you guys want to ask Thomas Gable, how you get to this number to me, there's not three, three, three and a half points difference between these teams. How much can you really give them for home field at best? It's 50, 50. I just, I don't understand this line. Now the, uh, the people making these lines are a lot smarter than me. They have all the information. I, to me, I just, I, I'm puzzled by this. Line. It's a great point. It's a great point about the splits full game and first half. And the one thing I would say about the home field now, Michael, this is going to be different because the Rams had a wonderful home field advantage against Arizona. Remember in the wild card route, but it was, this is going to be, I mean, the 49ers, that's a brand. That's yeah. a, this is, this they is going to be a little different. They, they travel. travel. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit like we talked about at the beginning of the show when you have fans like to go places, you know, and, and so they traveled. And I think that, you know, look, if this game was played in, in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium, we wouldn't think the Niners had a home crowd either. That kind of was a <laughs> right. quiet crowd, right? But the the ones that go to their home games don't make as much noise as the ones that go to the visiting games. I mean, they get into it. The ones at home, you almost like they're drinking Chardonnay and just watching the game. Yeah, and that is that's the biggest travesty is San Francisco. That's in San Jose. That's not even San San Francisco up there. Um, now, as far as a prop, Cam Akers, Will Hill, you're going to start there on the rushing prop. You're going to go under 60 and a half. They gained just two, a little under two and a half in week 18 against the 49ers, the Rams on the ground. Yeah, and in the playoffs, he's averaging two, uh, averaging two and a half yards per carry. Plus, he's had the two fumbles. So you can say whatever you want if you're McVay that we trust them. We'll give him the ball again. Uh, to me, the 49ers are good against the run. Uh, Akers has had fumbling issues. If he loses one earlier, he fumbles early. I mean, you got to think uh, they they somewhat second guess their faith in him. Remember, he's coming off a devastating injury, and I think it was back in June. So, uh, to me, under is a great bet. I, I don't know how much faith you can have in Akers' performance holding on to the ball. Uh, I like the under here. Yeah, I do too. To me, it's one of the plays I really like. I mean, you know, when you look at it, they got 64 yards in the last game they played in week 18. 18 of those yards came on a reverse to Cooper Cup. I mean, he wasn't getting back to the line of scrimmage before he had two guys in his face. And, you know, when then they had 52 yards in the last game in the game they played at Levi Stadium. So, you know, for me, I, I can't, I think this is more of a Sonny Michelle game. I really do. I think this is going to be Sonny Michelle, you know, hold on to the football, get us four yards. It doesn't have to be flashy, you know, and, and make the plays. I, I don't see it. I think the unders are really strong play here. Yeah, McVay pulled the okie doke in the wild card round, everybody was betting Michelle props, and then it ends up being Acres. So we might get the flip here. Jimmy G passing yards. Will Hill, you're going to go under 222 and a half. Yeah, to me, this is just game script. I think the 49ers are going to run, run, run some more. The Rams kind of invite you to run. And I expect the 49ers to have a lead in the second half, which means they'll run it even more. So to me, I, I like the under here just based on the game script, the game plan. Uh, not, not in terms of, you know, Jimmy G not playing well. I actually think he'll play very well. I just think they're going to go uh, very run heavy here. 
You know, and and the one thing I would say, you know, is the opposite of that, Will, is when he had to throw the ball. I mean, he threw for 300 yards in the last game, and and with a minute and 29 left to go in the game at his own at his own 12 yard line, he took him right down the field, making good throws. And I think that there's a sense that that you there. I think they're going to run a, a throw a little bit to run, and I I like. I like this a little bit more towards the over. I love Kittle getting more than four and a half catches because I do think they're going to throw it. I think they got to throw it a little bit. Now, Will, I like this one here. You're going to go over 31 and a half for Kansas City's team total. They've been at home. They're comfortable. It's going to be perfect weather today. Run with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Cincy. It's fun to root for him. I mean, just think, Cincy's in the AFC title game. That's just, it's crazy to say out loud. But to me, this is where it kind of comes to an end. I mean, they gave up pretty much seven yards per play last week against the Titans. They got outgamed uh, by the Raiders. Mike White threw for 450 yards against this team. Josh Johnson moved the ball against this team. Uh, I just think you could see a scenario where the Chiefs basically score every time they touch the football. Uh, and if you look at the first matchup, four touchdowns, the first four drives for the Chiefs. Uh, that was with the left tackle getting hurt early. The right tackle got hurt early. Uh, they kind of had to shift around the offensive line. Kelsey and Hill were coming off of COVID. And the Chiefs blew two 14-point leads in that game. So they're not going to take the foot off the gas in this game. Uh, to me, this is like 35 points, 38 points. Wouldn't be shocked if they hit 40. I think the Chiefs will keep scoring in this game. I just think it's going to be really hard uh, for this Cincinnati secondary. I'm with you, Will. And I, and I think they're going to go for it on fourth down early in the game because I think they know that if they can play from in front like they did the last game and really pressure Burrow and not give up the big play and force him to have to stand behind a weak offensive line on the road, it just plays right into their favor and they can possibly create turnovers. There is a 49er coach, a former 49er coach, that went 44-19-1 at a Super Bowl appearance in four seasons with the 49ers. I wrote in my notes today to bring it up because – Looks like the Minnesota Vikings, Will Hill's team, could be chasing Jim Harbaugh. Do you have thoughts? Oh, I would love Harbaugh. I I've loved him. Lombardi used to write about him back with the uh, National Football Post, you know, 10, 12 years ago when he was at Stanford. He's an odd guy, but he's a great coach. Uh, I don't know. Lombardi, you could talk this a little better. Is his offense a little outdated? Maybe. But to me, he wins everywhere he goes. He would be a home run hire. I would love it. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if he's using the Vikings as leverage. You know, to me, you follow up a coach like Zimmer with, with a similar personality with Harbaugh, who's tough on the players. Seems like Zimmer wore us welcome. I'm not sure they'll go that route. I, I think it would be a hell of a hire. I don't know why the Dolphins aren't interested in Harbaugh. To me, he's a great coach. He wins wherever he goes. You know, that that's the point I, I thought when I read this report and knowing Jim really well. I mean, Stephen Ross loves Jim Harbaugh, and he's made it clear that he's not going to take Jim Harbaugh away from the University of Michigan. So my first reaction when I read this is the fact that maybe Harbaugh's going to put it out there that he's willing to leave and, and Ross wouldn't be taking him. Because if your final two candidates are Kellen Moore and Mike McDaniel, and you could get Harbaugh, don't you owe it no to your brainer. fan base to go get Harbaugh? No I mean, brainer. like, seriously. And you love Harbaugh. I mean, you love the guy. Are you going to let your love of the University of Michigan block you from getting a better co – because there's – let's face it. Whatever – Kellen – I think Jerry Jones will do whatever he can to keep Kellen Moore there and tell him that it's not a good situation. And so that leaves you with Mike McDaniel. Like, why aren't my, why aren't the Dolphins all over this? It makes no sense. I agree with you, Will. And in, in the in the Dolphins' business model was we love Dayball. Eh, we're going to interview him for a second time next week. The Giants came in and swooped him, Will. 
Yeah, and I think they let one get away. And who knows if Dable had his choice between the two, if he didn't want to go to a situation where he's married to Tua, you know, he'll get a longer leash with the Giants. You know, they're going to have low expectations. So if you go next year uh, with the Giants, you're 500. They're going to love you. So uh, maybe you get some yeah. more rope with the Giants. You get your old uh, assistant GM. I think it's probably a good choice by Dable. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't have to play Mahomes. You don't have to play Herbert. You, the, your role, yep. you don't have Burrow. You know, you're in the NFC East. You got Prescott. And then if, if Rodgers leaves Green Bay, which I'm not sure he will, but at least you have a cleaner path if he can get this thing turned around. And a wonderful point to start the segment by Will Hill. I just te- checked two shops, the Rams in the first half, lane three. You don't generally see that. That's a good job, Will. I thought it was two and a half. Now, the to- uh, just 30 seconds, totals, 54 and a half early game. And then 45 and a half late. Do you have a lean either way? Yeah, I would lean over in the first game. I could see it being like, you know, 35, 24 kind of late. And the Bengals come in for a backdoor. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think the Bengals will have their moments. Chase is great. Chase might be the best receiver in the league. Uh, second game, I would say under just because of the familiarity. You can hear about Dayball to the Giants on the New York City cast. VEASAN.com slash podcast. And the host is the man in the middle. And thank God to Ken and everybody because the connection and the volume has been off the charts. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks, Will. Appreciate right. you. See you guys. Okay. All right. Continue. We're going to get into that San Francisco-Los Angeles matchup next here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 